0: When you see it on the TV at the moment, the interest rates of some of these payday loans are just astronomical. This isn't money you're giving them. This is money they've already earned. We're gonna be looking to see what kind of feedback we get from the employees. We can see obviously the stats of how many people are brought into it, but it'd be nice to see what their views and feelings are, making that positive impact. And we are happy to be supporting our employees with their financial well-being, especially due to the cost of living crisis.
1: Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow.
2: Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day. I'm CEO at JGA Recruitment Group and we are specialist payroll recruiters operating in the UK, EMEA and the US. Now, of course, if you are a regular listener to this show, please do remember to subscribe to it. Please do review it if you get a moment. But most importantly, please do share it with all of your payroll colleagues and friends because together we want to raise the profile of global payroll. And we can do that with your help. Now, today, I'm really, really excited because we've got an absolute industry thought leader on the show today. And we are joined today by Diane Hoodless, who is very well known within the payroll industry, certainly here in the UK. She's currently head of Group Payroll Compensation and Award for TFG Brands, who own many brands I'm sure many of you listeners will be familiar with. These include Hobbs, Whistles, Phase A, and others, to name just a few. But she's more than just the head of group compensation and reward. She's also a member of the board of the directors at the Chartered Institute of Payroll Professionals, also known as the CIPP. And it's an organization that she's been part of in one capacity or another for over 20 years, where she's been training and advising on the next generation of payroll professionals and supporting the industry to be the best it can possibly be. But I can't even stop there because Diane is also extremely well-versed in software implementation. In fact, she's led implementations of both Workday and ResourceLink, and she's managed huge, large-scale, multi-sited payroll operations as well. In fact, she's so well-respected in the payroll industry that in 2018, she was awarded Individual Chartered Status, and in 2020, she was named CIPP payroll manager of the year she's also a reward strategy 300 member like myself uh, and it's well amazing to have you on the show. showdown it's been a long time coming how are you feeling today i'm very well nick yourself i'm very good indeed i'm excited to have you here we've been trying to get this arranged for a while and here we are and we're, we're together so i'm going to ask you a question which might sound easy on the surface probably a little bit deeper than it needs to be and we're going to go into what does the word payroll mean to you
0: Oh, payroll. It isn't an easy question because payroll is such a big and complex area. But me personally, it means passion, passion and dedication, because you have to be passionate about what you do and be dedicated to deliver the outcomes that you want to achieve. So making those payments on time correctly conforming to the legislation, which I normally say to my students is a bit like the payroll um, guide law if any of those are there uh, are into girl guides and uh, scouts for example because we all we are very passionate about what we do in payroll so so what does so that's what payroll means to me it means to me about being passionate about passion I have also been said in the past that to me as an individual I'm a bit like a sticker rock if you were to break me open you'd find payroll running all the way through me mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty correct as well because I've turned a job into my profession and that's what I love about payroll. It is my profession.
2: And your profession, by the sounds of things, has also become your passion. So what a great place to start. I love that rock analogy. I think there's a really good hashtag out there, passion for payroll, which I think Mm -hmm. Max van der Kisper sink started. He's been a guest on this show in the past. And uh, he speaks as passionately as you do about the profession. I'm excited to get into that today. But let's take our listeners back then before we jump into the nitty-gritty today. Let us... I've obviously given a bit of an insight into your background in the introduction, but it'd be wonderful to understand a bit more about what drives you in payroll, some of the journeys you've been on in your career during your your, your payroll journey that's led you to, to being on the show with me today.
0: Okay, so we need to go back 36 years. So, the, yes, that's how long I've been in payroll. So how did I actually fall into payroll? Well, did I actually fall or did I know that that was something that I wanted to do? Well, how the story starts is that I was working for Rover Group as it was back then, and i mere YTS, so that youth opportunity training scheme, not knowing much what I wanted to do in life, um, you know, a mere 17 year old. What I was actually doing at the time, and uh, yes, you have to really cast your mind back and put the, you know, a visual in your thought mind here. I was sitting at a telephonist exchange board, plugging in plugs and with a little headset saying a rover group can i help you or number please when i was dialing external and i thought this isn't for me i do not want to be sitting in a telephone exchange for the rest of my life plugging in boards within rover group so a role came up in finance and i went down there and i thought well i like finance i like numbers and things i was good at maths at school um i never actually got that role but they did ask me that that question do you like maths? And the answer to that was yes. And the rest is history. That was how I started in payroll, because I liked maths. And they had an opportunity for me at Rover Group to, to um, become a payroll assistant. Um, which was such a exciting opportunity that going from a mere YTS at 17 to having actual proper money um, and working in payroll, then I had that sort of bug. I got the payroll bug, um, and that's where I stayed. I stayed with the Rover Group, who ended up with various names and owners after that for 31 years. But then I got to a certain age. They say a woman at a certain stage. Well, I got to a woman at a certain age because I decided that if I didn't leave Rover, when I chose to, I would be there to retirement. And I thought, I've got a lot more to offer than just sitting here doing this for the next 5, 10, 15 years, depending on when I retire. So I started to look around. And that's when I ended up going to Howard and insurance brokers, completely, totally different from manufacturing. I cannot tell you how different looking after insurance brokers um, are compared to looking after people who are manufacturing. So I I stayed there between four to nearly five years. um, And I thought I need to go back to roots, but I don't particularly want to go to to manufacturing. So I ended up for retail, which is pretty similar to manufacturing. And I'm very happy here and have been here for nearly two years. Um, But yes, payroll has always driven me. It's driven me to the person that I want to be. I am proud of what I've done. I always wanted to achieve some types of qualifications, um, and payroll has allowed me to do that. As, I, as you know, that um, I've got charter status, but I've also got a master's degree in business and reward within payroll. So it allowed me to do things that I never thought I could actually ever, you can see, actually, actually ever, should I say, <laughs> do it.
2: Yeah, what a fantastic story! But also, you, you've you've immersed yourself in the extracurricular piece as well. You've been part of the CIPP both as a trainer. I think you've worked as a tutor. You're now a non-exec board member. Now that takes passion, that takes commitment, that takes someone wanting to really, you know, improve the industry. So where does that drive come from? Where do you find the time? And and tell us a little bit about that journey and your your experience working with the CIPP.
0: Well, the I started as a tutor when I finished um, my BTEC diploma as it was then, um, 20 years ago. And I thought, I want to give back to the profession. I want to bring on other students and teach them the best available, you know, get those skills. And I say to my students now, you know, what we're giving you here within the CIPP is we're giving you tools for your toolbox. You may not use them in your day-to-day job now, but you may use them for your next profession. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to give back I got more and more then passionate to see the journey that CIPP was going on. And I wanted to be part of that journey. And what better way to be part of that journey than to get get voted on the board of directors by the membership, um, to have the members out there say, yep, she can lead us um, across the board and have our views, you know, listened to for the CIPP board and that's what I hope I do I do listen to our members and I do bring their thoughts and feelings to the board Um, and that's that's the journey and that's my passion it's just making sure I can get the words of payroll out there not as a backroom function as a standalone function that's where I'd like to be and having sure that you know we are alongside if not well alongside I'm going to say it but better than our HR colleagues um, (laughs) but at least equivalent to them um, and be seen as that as part of every industry that's out there that can see that that, you know there is a place for payroll.
2: Well kudos for you it's hugely commendable and I'm excited to explore that a little bit further so let's talk about then how we can really raise the profile of payroll or continue to raise the profile of payroll to so that, that the our counterparts as you mentioned there can stand up and listen and there's a few things that I know that you you know we can discuss today that will will help crystallize why it's so important and why it's shifted so much with some of the things that you've been involved with now obviously you mentioned there, you've now found yourself in retail i know that retail is an industry that's uh has been a you know a lot of pay on demand type solutions to start to proliferate the, the retail industry for obvious reasons and probably manufacturing as well it doesn't necessarily suit all workers but real-time pay and everyday early pay is something that we've seen a lot in, in, in the world of, uh, of retail is that something you've been involved with? And if so, what kind of providers, what kind of solutions have you seen start to start to appear in the world of retail payroll? And and how can those listening, if they are interested in pay on demand solutions, how can they sort of think about choosing the right one?
0: So how would I go about choosing the right one? You need to think about firstly, um, see what your employees want, because you rightly say there, um, Nick, that it's not it's not fit for everybody not fit for all employees so firstly see is it something your employees want do you know get that feedback um you get the feedback from your engagement surveys or any sort of other in communication that you do with your employees so f- make sure it's something that they chomping at the bit to do there are, as you mentioned as well there are quite a few providers out there on the market um so you know Do your due diligence. Make sure, you know, you go with the right provider for your business. You know, the first thing to ask is how will they integrate with your current system? We are required to load data to a third party. We all have to think about GDPR on that. Or will it work via a connector, which I know some of the um, latest software providers do have connectors that can connect to third parties? Or does your own software provide you with that platform better still because you've got the data, your employee data in real time? And when you're thinking about retail, you have to try and capture that data in real-time because the employees clock in and have flexible hours. They may come and work one day. They may not come and work another. So having that time, that in real-time information is, is really key. Then the next thing I'd need to think about, and which I have done on the journey that when I've looked at these um, providers, is the admin costs. So there's usually a cost for every um, transaction your employee makes. Now I've seen those vary from anything from two pound fifty to one pound twenty five, but don't be put off by this because you might see that actually I prefer this provider, but actually the transaction fee is two pound fifty, but you can negotiate that. Everything's negotiable, so mm-hmm. you can always try and get that down. I- and also, sorry, oh, and on, also, I'll,
2: come, I'll come back.
0: Yeah, and also it is actually possible for the the employer to pick those um, transactional costs up, because you'll find that quite a few of these providers will bill you separately for those transactional costs. So, you can actually pick that up so your employees don't have to make that pay. Lastly, I would look what other ancillary services they offer too. So do, to support your financial well-being offerings that you have within your organisations. And this may include things like interest-free loans, saving schemes, financial advice, to name but a few. So there's a lot that you can look at when you, you're going out there to the market to see which best provider fits your organisation.
2: Fantastic. And actually, you answered the question I was going to ask, which is, you know, this is a this is a solution to pay-on-demand, but it's still relatively in, in its in infancy in the world of payroll, but it does divide opinion. And I think part of that division of opinion comes from whether it should be down to the employee or the employer to foot the bill for these kind of solutions. And you mentioned there that actually both options are available, and that's kind of part of the negotiation process, which is great. Because it is such a, a binary subject in the world of payroll at the minute, um, I, I think I'm correct in thinking is something you brought into your operation or something something you're managing at the moment, Dan. So you've obviously got a, a you know an acute awareness of of what it can provide and and I think for my you know, nine pence worth for what it's worth is I think it can really improve the employee experience for those industries where it can really serve the the people that, that work for you. And I think hospitality and retail is one of those, and I think the payroll has moved a lot more into the realm of employee experience and improving that, which makes it more strategic. But from your perspective. If there is someone listening to this that perhaps isn't brought into the the idea of pay on demand, uh, perhaps either morally or because of the time or because of the financial, whatever it might be. What would you say to those people? What kind of things perhaps they could look at to try and change their perspective or to raise awareness? Um, And that's probably the first part of the question. The second part of the question is then how complex is it to manage once the scheme is up and running?
0: These, so oh, that's quite a long question. So, um, if you're not brought into it at the moment, I can understand why, because there are these sorts of theories that you are, you could be encouraging your employees to get further into debt. Now, a lot of these providers do enable the employer to 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 actually put in. Um, I think the word now, to put in sort of stop gaps or stops to say your employee can only draw down £50, £100 per transaction. So that is in the employer's give to give. So you can, as an employer, control that. Um, And if you're really sort of thinking about, think about what your employees want. So do that communication just because you may not feel it's the best thing out there for them. Actually ask them. And also, what is their alternative? If they don't draw down on their money, then what's the alternative? Do they go from these payday loans, which are the interest? is absolutely astronomical. Um, They are only accessing money that they've earned. So it's not as though you're giving them money that they're not entitled to. Um, it is exactly how, you know, they have earned this this finance. And if you support it with a good financial wellbeing package around that, then you, you have the data to see who is actually drawing down further than they should be. So I know that there has been a lot of speculation about this, about is it the right or wrong thing to do? But let your employees have that freedom of choice if you haven't got it in there. What alternative are you giving them?
2: Yeah, I think that links back to the employee experience piece. How important has financial education been alongside? I know a lot of the providers do provide some financial educational support alongside their solutions. Is that something you've, you've been able to communicate with your employees in, in doing your solution as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, having a financial well-being strategy can go a long way to helping employers feel better about their finances so employees start to feel better about their finances if you have some kind of strategy in place as an organisation. But not only that, it... Um, you know sorry excuse me so not only that but it can also have a positive impact on the employers too now i have some statistics around this um the financial okay. Wellbeing index stated that money worries are the biggest cause of stress for the uk employees they are damaging the business too often resulting in like their staff sickness the case of financial will you know the, this makes the case for financial wellbeing at work absolutely compelling also, um, you might find that, you, that the uh, two, 4.2 million of workers' days each year are lost in absences because of lack of financial well-being. That can actually equate to 6.2 million in lost output. And that was some statistics that the Centre of Economics for Business and Research came up with. So you can see that you know it is important that we start to think about those employees well being and how they are you know being dealt with and how what type of financial well being packages we have in the um, around for our employees. Also, NABAR in twenty eighteen, I know that's going back a while, said that actually nearly seven in ten employers believe that staff performance is negatively affected when an employee is under financial pressure so by having financial well-being in place by having um, maybe early pay or a drop down or some other financial sort of support you could be you know helping those pressures on your employees so by implementing that uh, financial well-being solution such as targeted support and guidance you can help employer employees have any short or medium term financial challenges and pave the way for more secure long-term future
1: have you ever asked yourself how can i recruit payroll staff effectively please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. So then, this, in this, then going further to this,
0: this could help ease the stress that can affect employees' mental and physical well-being and in turn, for the employer, reduce absenteeism, boost employee performance and maybe, just maybe, improve staff retention.
2: Yeah, it was a pretty compelling case. I think certainly the um, the talent attraction and retention piece is something we're seeing as recruiters here, right? It definitely has an impact. And if some a company offers it and one doesn't, and you're on the fence between two decisions, you're typically going to go with the one that can offer you a flexible pay solution because it gives you more control. It gives you more choice. And we know from the Great Resignation or the Great Awakening, that's what employees are looking for. More choice uh, and, and more op- options, really, to, to manage the way they want to you know, manage their own finances and well-being. Interestingly, some ad- additional statistics that I read recently this week was that there uh, um, I think it was payments.com said that 61% of businesses believe that a real time payments will provide them with a competitive advantage. So, you know, this is definitely now very much in the, in the mind's eye of businesses looking forward that want to improve their solutions for their employees. And I think Reward strategy quoted that over 4 million UK workers already have control over their pay with earned wage access solutions. So I highlight that because it was only a couple of years ago when I think the CRPP themselves ran a study and I think it was overwhelmingly um, along the lines of we won't bring this in. But actually, it's not necessarily in the hands of the payroll managers. It's the, it, it's the, it's the business to say our, our employees need this, so we need to bring it in. But what we do know is that the responsibility then falls on the payroll manager to be supportive of that implementation process. So I'm, I'm keen to know from someone who's been through that process, has it been easier to implement now that the HMRC have amended the RTI requirements? And, and has it been a really complicated thing? Or you know, tell us a bit more about that.
0: Okay. So, what happened there? The legislation itself stipulated that these advance payments, and that's what they classed as that, must be treated as a payment on account of earnings, which subsequently meant that employers must submit extra real-time information. So, that mo- that – that report that we have to do when we sort of send the information to HMRC once a month, we have to do it also when we do advance payments, which you can imagine um, this is the way that reports and records those payments and sends them off to HMRC. However, salary advances can be paid regularly, um, meaning that this would create that substantial administration burden for and um, work for the employers but not only for the employers but also for HMRC so having to send that every time we did these drawdown payments um, either early pay or drawdown payments which whichever terminology you wish to use there was going to be that additional report and uh, it could have had also, which people did wasn't aware of, that it had could have had unintended impacts on any sort of universal credits, because, as some people be aware, that when paydays move, that can also have an impact on universal credits, and that's why HMRC now stipulate um, that you have to put on your RTI cement the actual contractual payday, not when the money is going yeah. into the bank because of, of weekends. So this was also having this impact. So to address these issues, HMR um, HMRC drafted regulations in September 23, amending this secondary legislation so that salary advances no longer needed to be separately reported before the employee's contractual payday. Yippee, we said. The proposed <laughs> amendments <laughs> will result in a requirement to only report the contractual salary payment in full and on contractual payday. This means that each payment of salary only needs to be included on the RTI report once. It was a welcome um, simplification by all parties or even if you didn't do um, early pay, for example, because of doing those additional RTI submissions was burdensome early pay as i mentioned does fall in line with these salaries advances and and are an important aspects of how employers can help how employers can help their employees so this proposed change in legislation will make it easier for employers to report these payments and reduce that administration burden and hmrc are always always talking about how can they reduce the administration burden for the employers and this is one of the aspects so yes this change has helped.
2: Well I think it's refreshing to hear that they've simplified something I think there's a lot you know I would say bring back the simplification of many other aspects minimum wage, national minimum wage and other aspects I think could be simplified uh, yeah. as well but hey we've started it. So that's good. At least there's, there's, you know, some things have been simplified because the role of the payroll professional is uh, is complex and challenging, as we know. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier on as well, the ability to keep track of payments that people are drawing down and when. And that, as someone that's managing this scheme for a very big retail business, there are thousands and thousands of employees. Do you feel it is important that you are able to keep track of what employees are drawing, not just when, but how much, and should that responsibility even sit with payroll? Love to get your take.
0: Well, I think because payroll are very data driven, then the data will come into payroll, but it's one that we will be sharing with our HR and colleagues. And yes, the data can highlight if any of our employees do have any sort of, sort of financial issues, because you'll be able to track trends, you'll be able to see whether they are taking more than you would expect them to. So it's a good insight to be able to put that um, financial well-being package around them. And you can also then put those that support in place to help them and point them in the right direction. And it may be even that the provider that you go with also has that help. And I know that one of the providers has links to Samaritans, for example. So there are, you know, you're offering your employees that extra support, that extra layer of support. So if you can see that data, you can support your employees more. But most of, like as I mentioned previous, most of the early pay systems allow you to dictate how much an employee can actually draw down, meaning there are safeguards in place to ensure they still have substantial earnings left on payday to meet their bills, which is really important and does actually worry some, some people and some employers in the past. But you, it is in your control, as I mentioned, it is very much in your control to, to dictate that of how much your employees can draw down. And if they need you to draw down more, then you can have that conversation with them. So what does it mean? This means employers can put in place a solution that actively insists insists their employees financial well-being, removing the need to opt for short term fix and create that longer term debt problem. Because when you see on the TV at the moment, the interest rates of some of these payday loans are just astronomical. And as I mentioned, this isn't money you're giving them. This is money they've already earned. So it is their money in the first place.
2: Yeah, no, he makes some really good points. I really like the point in relation to the trending of data and how. Because I think for me, data is at the the heartbeat on, of what's really enabling Payroll to be seen as a more of a strategic entity, right? Because trend analysis doesn't just stop in relation to financial wellness. We can use that to support our our financial counterparts, our FDS, and our HR counterparts. You know, the trend analysis can support strategic workforce planning, for example, or we can look at it year year over year payroll expenses or. Headcount trend analysis, absence analysis, overtime analysis, or even gender pay gap analysis. I think there's so much data at at payroll's fingertips now. And finally, it's great because we've got FDs and HRDs and C-suites going, payroll, we need this data. Tell us more about how our business is actually operating. What are some of the analysis we can discover in that data that's going to help us run more efficiently, more streamlined, support our employees better and you've made a really uh, fantastic link between financial wellness and and mental health. I mean, that's just one example of where Payroll can really make a difference. It's really nice to hear that come through. You've obviously been through the implementation as well, and you've not just implemented the you know the pay on demand type solutions, but also you've implemented systems including Workday, Think, and others as full software implementations. What would you see as um you know as as a as an implementation success when it comes to pay on demand and since you've implemented it, I guess two-part question, how many of your workforce have been really engaged in the product?
0: Engagement it's good um, they have taken it up but you gain I think again it depends on the industry um, so our employees are you know weekly paid um, employees and they can but they get paid on a monthly cycle so it's good for them to be able to draw down their money early the engagement has been really good so Seth has been able to you know for us he's been able to make that positive impact and helping our employees with their financial well-being that's what success looks like for uh, for us and we're really really interested to find out what kind of feedback and information we'll get from our engagement survey next year because obviously this is only the first year that we've we've put this live so we're going to be looking to see what kind of feedback we get from the employees we can see obviously the stats of how many people are brought into it but it'd be nice to see what their their views and feelings are. Um, it has been it's, a success for us. Um, we our employees are uh, in, embracing this. So yeah, it's 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 really been good. It's making that positive impact. And we are happy to be supporting our employees with their financial well-being, especially due to the cost of living crisis. And going back on how payroll can work with the data. Well, I think the pandemic just shows you kind of how payroll was good with data and how we kept the UK paid.
2: Absolutely right. So what about in terms of implementation success? So we've had or I've personally had some uh, pay-on-demand providers on this show. I remember interviewing uh, Peter Griffith at WageStream as one of those providers way back in 2018 uh, along this, and I've had other providers on as well. So for those interested in, in the supplier side, you know, check out previous episodes. But the providers will always say it's a very, very simple solution to implement. We just almost plug and play. But we know that reality is often sometimes a little bit more complex than that. What have been some of the challenges you've had to overcome and how complex has it been? For for those listening that may be considering this kind of solution but that have don't feel like they've got the time to implement, you know, is it going to be a yeah. real time drain? No,
0: or... no, it's not. It is pretty simple. Now there are two main ways, and obviously I've looked across the piece. I've looked at what wage dream, I've looked at regard great way, I neighbor a few I can, you know, there there is sure. so many out there. Um so it will be down to the employer what their preferences are and the ancillary services they provide, but for actually for the implementation. Some of them can be a little bit more difficult than the others, and it's all to do with getting data out of your system. As you can imagine, payroll holds this lot of data, but they also need a lot of data. They need to, to know about your time and attendance data, especially if you've got retail employees that are clocking, for example. They need to know that in real time. So, it's getting that data to them. So, it's the transfer of that data. How easy to the provider that you choose is that transfer of data and then also getting that data back from them to be able to make the relevant um, payroll deductions. So, that's where it can be a little bit sticky. I won't say it's difficult because payroll deal with data all the time. So, we can pull data from the system, send it across and pull it back again. So, that can be one of the, the biggest challenges I felt by going with a prov- one of the providers. Now, the provider that we went with was early pay. And the reason why one of the main factors in the reason we went was to make my life easier because payroll managers like their life to be as easy as possible. And this was a solution that was built by our um, payroll software provider so they have all the de- all the data in real time because it's our payroll and hr system it's just a sure. little add-on to that so it's you know the employees see it next to their pay slip for example because it's part of our payroll overall payroll package but we still did have to do some implementation issues issues and changes and that was to do with our calendars and, and which obviously payroll people listening will know what I'm talking about it was to do with our payroll calendars because as i mentioned previously we've got our hourly paid employees are paid hourly weekly but we pay on a monthly cycle so our calendars for those pick up four or five weeks per month which isn't very good when they're trying to do drawdown of pay which they've earned weekly for those employees so it was getting those calendars changed and getting that and then getting line managers to approve their time on a weekly basis so that was some of the challenges that we had during implementation but it isn't hard. It really, really isn't hard. And the benefits outweigh that sort of implementation, sticky processes that you, you can have. Certainly not like implementing a new payroll system or yeah. even implementing RTI when that came out. It, it was all even worse still, furlough. It was far, far simpler um and uh, every single one of the providers that i've spoken to have will help you 100 percent of the way and give you everything that you would need to support the the implementation
2: well that's really really positive to hear and hopefully those that are considering it can go forward now with with some renewed confidence knowing you've been through it and it's not that complicated you mentioned rti there um diane i'd be interested to know because you know i've been in this industry for 20 years and i've seen it shift incredibly um during that time and I remember you know the days of Kalamazoo and the Rutherford Web and those other system providers we then went into the cloud we've had auto enrollment we've had R two RTI we've had a uh, furlough more recently and now we're in a world of data but data's always been there but in terms of the utilization of that data and linking that very much to the employee experience which I think is a really exciting shift and I don't think we used to talk about payroll and employee experience in quite the same sentence uh, as much as we talk about it these days and you've, you've very articulately talked about financial wellness and the link there today really really well with all those things in mind are you excited about where payroll is moving and about the future of payroll and if you are tell us why
0: excited absolutely static is the word <laughs> um the the way that the payroll industry has actually evolved over the 36 years that I've been in is incredible you know I wrote an article not long ago if I had a TARDIS and you know if I had a TARDIS and I could go back to when I started in payroll and speak to the payroll manager at the time who was locked away in his little office and say do you know what's coming and what payroll will be like in 30 odd years time I'm sure he would not have believed me well back then they didn't even know the internet existed so (laughs) you can can actually imagine I'm absolutely ecstatic of of where it, it you know, the focus that's on it these days, you know, even just down to the National um, Payroll Week, we, we got, you know, recognition from the government, for, which is absolutely brilliant. The pandemic, we were, you know, one of the key workers. Payroll is, is is not what it used to be. You know, you people are now choosing to go into work in payroll, not falling into payroll because they can see the benefits, they can see the progression. They can see what you could become. You know, you could start off as a prevention administrator uh, at very early on. Then you could be head of like global payrolls, looking after strategic data. There, it's so much that you can do when you start out in payroll, where your career could finally, where your career could finally end up. You know, I would never have thought when I started 36 years ago, um, put plugging da- data into a green terminal, that I would be head of um, compensation and, and rewards here at um, the Fashini Group or the TFG Brands London. It's amazing where payroll has taken me, and that we're going back to the fact that I've made it my profession because it is my passion.
2: Yeah, well, look, it's a, it's a. I love hearing about. It. I love seeing your passion come through, and I agree, it's really exciting. I would argue, from my lens as well, of recruitment lens, actually, within payroll, you cannot, you can progress. I think quicker than you can in some of those other professions. You know, you, if you want to come in as a, a payroll administrator and you want to become a head of payroll for a global organization, those opportunities are available to you if you want to seek them out. And I think that's really exciting. And what I also love is the amount of support that's available in the in the network, within the community. And, and you're a real um, example of that, Diane, because you have selflessly put yourself forward to tutor others, to help others, to be a non-exec director and all these things to, to really support people on their journey. So huge credit to you from that perspective as well. Um, I guess my last question for you for this. And... I guess I have my views, I've probably made them clear on this show if not others, but what, what else do you think can be done to continue to improve the strategic importance of payroll? Is there anything that we can do as a community to keep driving the profile forward?
0: Um, doing podcasts, talking about payroll, keep talking sure. about payroll, telling the your businesses, the, the industries, what data we have, how that can help with their planning, um, you know look at the data we have on absenteeisms uh, all that type of data sometimes they don't realize where the data is held or where it's coming from so driving that forward making payroll more prominent put anything that you see anything you feel read or i think Shout about it. Shout about how this, as a payroll industry, we've supported. National Payroll Week. There's such good stuff out there at the moment that are supporting the profession. So let's all jump and shout about it. As you can see, I'm very passionate about payroll. I have been told I'm a little bit too passionate. But, um, yeah, let, let's let's shout about it. That is, the you know, tell them we are strategic. We have that strategic data that can help and support the business and the business's growth.
2: Yeah, fantastic. By the way, I don't think you can ever be too passionate about oh, anything, yeah. and I think that's one of the greatest gifts we have is to be passionate about something. That's what drives things forward. So uh, don't let anyone tell you you're, good, you're too passionate. I would like to think I'm really passionate about the industry too, and I don't even work. You know, I don't process payroll, but I've, it's a it's an industry that I've been in ever since I left university, and it's been very very good to me. And we'd like to give something back as well. So. Um, no, it's been fantastic to hear about your experience with with early wage access, for sure. Your experience in the in the payroll industry, um, Diane, the success you've had, and um, I love to get your view because you're so well respected and you've seen so many changes that it's really encouraging. I think to understand that you you believe it's a a really exciting future, and hopefully those listening to this will be. Well, believe that too, yeah. because I believe it's
0: true. Yeah, the changes I've seen in the industry are absolute amaze. If I get, think about from, you know, when I started work, a part of my my job was to go and collect the post each morning. Now, do you think yeah. that's on anybody's job title this day and age in payroll? No. So yeah, I can I could talk all day about the changes in in um, payroll and what <laughs> I've seen.
2: You'll have to come back and we'll do another show and we can join forces. I remember calling people when I first started uh, in payroll recruitment 2022, 21, 22. And uh, there would be payroll people in offices with no windows. You know, it was just in the back somewhere and it was, yeah, it was horrendous. So we've come an awful long way since then, which is great. Listen, let's open the payroll vault.
0: Entering the vault.
2: We've got three short questions for you. I'm going to start with this. One piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now?
0: Keep going. It's worth it. Don't give up. You'll have your bad days, but you'll have your good days. So keep going.
2: Yeah, fantastic. And that's the journey, right? That's that, that's what it's all about. It's the journey, not the destination. You need right? the highs and the lows. Uh, if you had the power of foresight and you could change the entire payroll industry with one action or one improvement, what would that action or improvement be?
0: Ooh, I like that question. Um, if I could change the industry now, I would like to make sure that it was on the tip of everybody's tongue, not back to, as you mentioned just about it being seen as in offices with no windows, that we are in the thought of everybody, not just when it goes wrong.
2: Yeah, nice, nice, and who are to that? That's that's the mic drop moment there for people listening. I fully agree. And last but no means least, a little bit of fun for you, Dan. Uh, if payroll was a song or a movie, what song or movie would it be, and why?
0: So we've got a song or a movie. Um, cool. I can't think. So a song or a movie. If it was payroll, now now you've asked me. Now I'm thinking about some of the songs that are some of my <laughs> favourite songs here. Um oh I actually can't think I think actually more about what payroll professionals are and I think that would have to be meatloaf bat out of hell because we are like oh. bat out of hell so if you know everybody else's problem so props are not the payroll in itself but actually the people that work in it
2: yeah no that that works for me that works for me fantastic well listen Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the payroll podcast I'm sorry it hasn't been sooner I'm sure we can have you back and we can maybe talk next time about how the industry has changed and we can reminisce and look back at a bit of payroll nostalgia. But for now, thank you ever so much for joining me on today's show, talking about earned uh, wage access and how, how that's helped your employees and that link to financial wellness, which is so, so important. Um, of course, if you are interested in linking with Diane, I will put her LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So you can connect directly. And of course, if you are a payroll leader listening to this show and you need support with a payroll related vacancy, well, that's where we can come in. Please to get in touch with either myself or any of my team at jgarecruitment.com. There will be a link in the show notes for that as well, along with my own personal email if you want to get in touch. Just for now, it's me to say one huge final thank you to Diane for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. And I look forward to being you next episode real soon. Thank you, Diane.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.